without forgetting our global approach that we also always want to follow. At the end, this really takes time. Ultimately, we developed a very sophisticated plan, I would say, how we approach each site and which steps we need to follow to ensure that this rollout is really a smooth experience. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi, Pascal. Welcome to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. Hi, Benjamin. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Great to have you. Could you give me a 60 seconds overview of who you are and what you are doing? As I mentioned, I'm Pascal. I've been working for Infineon since 2019, May 2019. I'm an IT manager there. Together with my team, we are responsible for all the IT services that support our maintenance community at Infineon Worldwide. Our team is regionally split. One part is located in Regensburg, where I belong to, and other colleagues are located in one of our major production plants in Malacca, which is Malaysia. The core application, I need to say, that we support is SAP plant maintenance, and here we use all its in-depth functionalities. And we, of course, have also have a lot of interfaces to really diverse other applications, other MES systems manufacturing execution systems. The, end, the aim is to really give the user the best experience here there. Pascal, before we dive in today, I would like to learn a little bit more about Infineon itself. So give us some idea about Infineon. Well, Infineon is one of the major semiconductor manufacturers. It is a company located in Germany, Munich. It's a Munich company. We have around 51,000 employees. We have a huge footprint, of course, in, in Europe, where Filler in Austria plays an important role, but also Regensburg, Warstein, and Dresden with a, with a huge plant we run there. Only to mention a few of them, there are also a lot of other important European plants there. On the other side, we have an increasing footprint also in the US with Austin and other sites, but also one of our main areas on our production is Asia. We have a footprint in China but especially also in Malaysia, Indonesia, Singapore, so the southeast of Asia. So we really work in a global company, which is very exciting. It's always a pleasure to make life easier, safer, and greener yeah. with our semiconductors that we produce there. So Infineon is a huge company, manufacturing globally. Which role plays automation and digitalization for Infineon when it comes to the manufacturing processes? We are a semiconductor industry and 
So we really run on high tech basis and I really do think that we have a, a clear focus on, on digitalization at Infineon. We've been investing a large sum in this area, and we also have a clear commitment to continue on this path in the future. To emphasize this, we are investing. Means digitalization also needs to pay off. We don't digitalize anything just for the sake of digitalization. Means if there is no evident business case, there is no digitalization. However, most of our initiatives, of our digitalization initiatives we run, we don't have any issues in finding a positive business case. But of course, only focusing on a business case is also not the best way to go forward because you simply risk to miss Mm -hmm. the latest trends, developing new technologies, and that may also lead to potential missing of benefits in the near or far future if you miss these trends. And this is why we at Infineon, of course, also have our strong IT innovation departments across the entire IT and also the IT employees mindset. We always try to shift towards being really open to explore on digital innovation trends. And there we really try to find the right balance between following trends early, but also observing the market to find out when it's the best time to really catch up here. So, Pascal, what I understand is that automation and digitalization are important topics for Infineon and you are investing a lot in it. Help us to understand how the manufacturing process itself looks like when it comes to the workers. So I want to understand, are there, for example, still workers within the manufacturing process when it comes to the maintenance topic? I think this is worker driven as well, right? Of course, of course. So our manufacturing process is, of course, a combination. It means we have a strong focus on automation wherever it is possible, wherever it makes sense. We really try to automate our processes for the manufacturing. But of course, there is still the need and you will still see a lot of shop floor workers that walk around in our production area and also have important tasks to fulfill there. So I think the automation the end goes also hand in hand with digitalization. You can also say digitalization is precondition for high-scale automation. And today at the semiconductor industry, it can only be successful with the highest automation level because there's always pressure on the market concerning the prices, as we all know. To me, it is still very, very fascinating. I don't visit the production floor every week, but Whenever I do so, it's still really fascinating to mm-hmm. watch all the robots loading and unloading our production equipment, watching the carrier systems and how they exactly know where to move, which production lot to which time and without any obvious human interaction. The combination. If you ask me about maintenance, of course, maintenance is still something or is still a huge portion which we need to execute manually means the machine doesn't repair itself (laughs) and also the maintenance plans the scheduled maintenance they of course need to be executed manually with the automation with the digitalization automation of processes we of course go into a direction where we say okay we want to have all the planning being executed automatically and we also have some initiatives going in the direction of predictive maintenance and how important is the maintenance for the manufacturing process itself I mean, it is as important as, as all other core processes that we run. It means, in my opinion, all our core processes are really crucial for a smooth business execution. Production will sooner or later stop without our procurement, without our finance, without our supply chain, facility management, you name it, or maintenance processes. Mm-hmm. 
what I, of course, like about working with maintenance is that we are very close at our core business, which is producing the highest quality semiconductors. Following smallest process deviations or problems in our IT solution can cause a direct impact on our production. And you certainly don't want that kind of management attention. So what I understand is that the maintenance processes itself are still worker-driven, so that our manual processes, you have workers within your factory conducting that maintenance processes, and they are critical for your business, for your production. And Pascal, today we want to speak about transformation projects on a global scale. Could you tell us more about the transformation project and maintenance you are conducting at Infineon? Yeah, happy to, because at the end, we really run a gigantic transformation and harmonization project at Infineon. This project is called One SAP. Of course, bases utilize the, the SAP system. <laughs> we here really follow a holistic approach. It means it's, it's not only a maintenance project, but we really try to unveil process potentials in many areas, almost all areas of our business execution, and try to apply global IT solutions for it. At the end, most of the Infineon employees will directly benefit from the outcome of this project later on when we run the operations for it, which we already do right now at the moment. And when we take a look on the project, help us to understand how maintenance worked beforehand or the IT landscape worked beforehand as well. I think this is coupled, right? Absolutely. So let me try to draw a scenario. I think in many global industrial companies, production sites are spread all over the world because it's global. Communication channels are probably not established amongst all the sites equally. I think also many, many sites have highest competencies in defining their own processes. In some functional areas, probably even some hierarchical structures to align among the different sites might not be established, might be missing here and there. Means um, at the end, we will face a global company where we have processes that run well, that are also quite sophisticated, but at the end, they're not harmonized. And the weird thing is that at the end, we produce across the sites quite similar products. means we have different processes following a similar target for a similar product. I think this is uh, something where harmonization comes in place. And from an IT point of view, with these different processes in place, you will end up in a complex IT scenario multiple of IT applications. And what was the motivational driver to kickstart that project at that time? I mean, it's, it's quite obvious. Multiple processes for the same targets, uh, a complex IT landscape. I think it does not sound too efficient and too sustainable. But efficiency is definitely not the only motivation behind kickstarting a project of that size. Both the diverse processes but also the complex IT landscapes really makes it difficult to manage a large scale company. And I think our management, management board understood very well that harmonization is really the basis for future growth of Infineon. So at the end, it really perfectly fits to your future proof operations podcast. <laughs> and nevertheless, from my point of view, it, it still was a very brave decision because such a project always comes along with a lot of uncertainties, uh, a lot of costs. And of course, as each and every project with potential to fail. And so I'm personally very glad that we really took that chance uh, because as you maybe could hear from my statements, I'm really fully convinced about the benefits of this yeah. project. Can we go a little bit deeper into that benefit? So I understood that it's a project to harmonize 
processes, standardized processes. But are we talking about cost efficiency as well? Are we talking about quality in the production area as well? Could you give us more insight on that one? Sure. It is a project where we say, okay, we want to slim down. We want to make the processes more efficient and provide the best IT solutions for it. And following, I think the benefits you just mentioned, they come behind that. They come along mm -hmm. with these processes and then uh, IT developments, IT improvements. At the end, we really engaged a huge team of around the globe, means from all the production sites that we have, and also from our headquarter in Munich, of course, <laughs> with a huge footprint. We engaged the most experienced process experts, and together with our IT departments, we were really sitting and meeting at the drawing board to design the processes from scratch um, and the respective IT solutions to meet the requirements that came out of it. Of course, we did not, did not start from scratch in that terms, but we really tried to throw everything overboard that was before, keep, of course, the experiences in mind and the best practices in mind that we learned so far. At the end, also, the economies of scale really pay off for IT solutions. Developing new applications to fulfill a local requirement for one site have a positive business case, but that can be very hugely different if all sites benefit from a new application because it is a global requirement. So we have a lot of different benefits, which are very important for Infineon as a business. Help me to understand how the situation looked for the worker beforehand and how the goal should be. So if we take an example scenario, you have two locations, one on the one side of the world, one on the other side of the world, you are producing globally and you have a machine error and the worker is going to that machine and he tries to solve it. In the world before your transformation project, I understood that two colleagues in different sites could handle this problem differently and with different solutions, software solutions. Is that right? That is correct. Of course, we had sites that were more correlated to each other that had more similar processes and sites that had more differences. But in general, yes, you are right. So. And I think what is also important to understand is that we are running mostly end-to-end -end processes. And uh, this is also an advantage that previously you had these disruptions in the processes. means we had our maintenance process, but then we had to pick up the phone, for example, to order a spare part, which then had to be manually keyed in from the warehouse colleagues or from the procurement department. And that was not really failure-proof and, of course, had some additional efforts because we simply had to key in things twice, three times, you name it. So these logical and technological breaks between the functional areas, we tried to solve, we tried to melt that to one end-to-end -end process. At the end, we really see these huge benefits from connecting these end-to-end -end processes between, for example, warehouse, procurement, finance, maintenance. Practically, to give an example, that could really mean that the maintenance technician executes his work order. He needs to order a spare part and issues some other consumables from the warehouse before he then closes the work order in SAP. For the technician, he only needs one IT solution nowadays. Mm -hmm. it means the IT solution is connecting the maintenance, procurement, warehouse, and finance processes in this case. And this is just one example. We try to follow the approach for in many, many areas, not only maintenance and not only for this use case in maintenance, 
the focus really is, um, or the aim really is that the technician can fully focus on his task in yeah. this area. Yeah. He needs to repair the machine in an efficient and effective way. And if we stay in our example, the two technicians in two different sites, they will conduct the same processes and work with the same software, the same system. So these processes are standardized, harmonized, as you said. Exactly. Great. Sounds like an incredible project harmonizing around the globe. Take us on the project journey, Pascal. It sounds like a huge project and it has big impact. I would like to understand how did you approach that? You already said at the beginning there have been a lot of people involved in that project. So how did you start with the team to enter that project? That's been a journey. Unfortunately, to be honest, the project has started already sometime before I personally joined Infineon. But what I have heard is uh, it was very, very exciting. The really the project being kicked off or even before the project being kicked off, all the alignments, the teams getting formed. And as I said, everyone bringing in his huge experience in his area of responsibility, but at the end, really starting from scratch, really at a plain piece of paper and not really knowing where they end up. So I know from colleagues that this was really, very, very exciting. How did you plan that project? I assume, as you said, there are a lot of people involved, a lot of different opinions. How did you plan that? Absolutely, fully correct. I think such a gigantic project, of course, needs to be split into several sub-projects to make it controllable. On the other side, it also requires a lot of very experienced project managers. These project managers at the end really do their best to keep the, always the balance between the timeline, scope, and budget which we all know is quite conflicting at some points of time. We, of course, plan our rollouts of the solutions to all sites as quickly as possible. It means we want to avoid a long period in which parts of Finian work in the legacy systems with the old processes, whereas other parts already benefit from the latest systems and solutions. However, we also know that each site comes along with some special requirements, which can also be legal requirements, We, of course, need to discuss these and really find flexible solutions for the local sites without forgetting our global approach that we also always want to follow. At the end, this really takes time. Ultimately, we developed a very sophisticated plan, I would say, how we approach each site and which steps we need to follow to ensure that this rollout is really a smooth experience. And is it an agile project or a waterfall project? I could imagine that these questions are not easy to answer at the beginning when you start with that one. Yes, in general, we follow a waterfall approach here. But however, we still find out here and there that a more agile approach, for example, for developing more complex IT solutions, agile mode is bringing more benefits. And this is why we lately started also to more follow a hybrid approach that here and there, where it makes sense, uh, we go for a more agile approach. But in general, I would say it's a waterfall approach here. You talked about site-specific requirements and team-specific requirements. I find it very hard to imagine how you bring all the different opinions, requirements together, especially when you are talking about a harmonization project, a standardization project. I could imagine that there are different teams which want to keep their processes. And of course, they will vote their processes for the standard process. How did you handle that? 
I think after some years and some successful Goliaths, we already have some experience. The uncertainties that you just talked about, they slowly decline, but with each rollout, they, of course, with each approach of each new site that starts again. At the end, you're talking about the change curve and also at maintenance, all employees are happy to change their way of work. That is something we definitely understand and we carefully listen to these doubts means the measures that I find very effective is to really explain our processes, explain our solutions, go for a training, a very sophisticated training and show and prove that you care as the project managers and the global team that you really care about their problems and really try to solve these. However, of course, sometimes that takes time to convince. Also, we know that not everybody can be convinced at the end. What really helped is that management at all levels really backs us up in what we do. This, at the end, also gives us some, some motivation to, to move forward here. Pascal, I would like to understand if you saw roadblocks at the beginning of the project, which probably happened or didn't happen. Did you have something like that? I think one major roadblock almost everyone experienced in the last years, of course, is the corona pandemic. I think this is something you cannot predict. At least I could not predict that. And we're still finding our way to balance that out, this uncertainty that remains, because nobody of us can really say how that develops uh, in the near future or also not in the far future. To me, it was very exciting to see that from one day to another, we really shifted to a fully remote working mode. As I said, we, we, were, we were working in a global environment, and luckily, we are in a position that we are used to working from a remote. Nevertheless, shifting towards 100% remote was something hardly anybody could have imagined. At the end, of course, it was more bumpy, but at the end, it really worked out. And this is uh, the real positive news about it. There are some more uncertainties on the way. Nobody knows how the war in the Ukraine will develop and what impact that would have on us and then what we need to manage here. So <laughs> still exciting times. But what I understand is that Corona speed up some processes. Is that right? I would not say that it's speed up, but at the end, the way we work together really changed. And we found out that it can still be effective with this remote way of working. Of course, I, I absolutely love to see my colleagues on site. And it, was, uh, it is very, very good to be back on site every here and then. And also to meet other colleagues on the sites where we locally apply the solutions now. And that is very helpful. But on the other side, really could prove that it also works differently. When you take a look on the project on the recent years or quarters, what went pretty well? Can you share some best practices if somebody of us would like to have a big project <laughs> like that as well? I think it has been a very successful project so far. I mean, for best practices, I could quote some, some phrases from the project and handbooks, which are all correct, like early involvement of all stakeholders and well-structured and detailed project plans. They're all correct, but not really surprising. I am personally very glad to work in a reliable and great maintenance team. Means forming the team is one of the most important parts of being successful in a project, I think. We still have tough discussion and we still have frictions, but at the end, that also helps to find the best decisions. What you can tell here is that everybody cares about the project. Means each of our team members really fully committed to our targets and that helps a lot for our day-to-day -day work. 
Pascal, thanks a lot for sharing that information and that insights about that huge transformation project. Very inspiring and I learned a lot. As a closing question, I would like to have some example case study. Imagine a manufacturing company which has around about 1,000 employees. It's still very paper-based, manual processes, some legacy ERP system in place, but no high digitalization level. And imagine you are the CIO. You get in charge today. My question to you is, Pascal, which topic do you put on the agenda right now? What has the highest priority for you to be future-proof? That's a tough one. I would tend to say maintenance, of course. Maintenance is the most important part we need to digitalize first. But I think that's maybe a little one-sided. Seriously, I think we have a lot of information and a lot of data available, be it printed out, be it digital, no matter what. First of all, okay, in a digital form, it is much more easy to access and, and to, to process. But I think with these data that, and information that we have available, we can do a lot more. It means at the end, thing, connecting and integrating these information smartly is probably one of the keys for successful operations in the future. As I said, connecting smartly the information that we already have, the company has these information. So I think this is really an area where we can still harvest a lot here. On a personal basis, I would say, go ahead and motivate your team and build up a trustful relationship and then your team will tell you what is most important to the company. Mm -hmm. Pascal, it was a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks a lot for being on the podcast and hopefully we will see us in one of the next episodes. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Benjamin. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.